Hello, everyone. How are you this evening? Merry Christmas Eve to you. Isn't it awesome that we get to gather on Christmas Eve? Not many churches are doing this tonight, so it's super special. We're super glad to see you all here, and it's just awesome to be celebrating Jesus' birth. Did anybody see the Bethlehem Star this week? Did anybody get to go out and see it? It was super cool. Oh, my gosh, it was so neat to see. I took my mom out and parked on a hill in Divide, and and we watched for it, and it was, it was super neat to be able to see that. So we were excited about that. I always prayed as a little girl that God would let me see the Bethlehem star. So that was pretty cool. He answered that for me. So we're going to just start worshiping Jesus together and start celebrating tonight. So if you want to stand, let's go ahead and stand, and we will start to sing his praises.
got your blood pumping a little. You're a little warmer after coming in from the cold. That's a good one to remember. Man, unspeakable joy. Do you have that? Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we don't have that. But we can have it in Jesus. And it's so wonderful to know that he's the one that is the source of all that. So he's faithful and he can just weather your storm with you and be the, the center of that. And it's awesome. So we'll keep singing.
set the keepers in. It was for this a child was born to save a world in hollow. The sleeping town he did not know that lying in a manger low, a savior king who had no has come to heal our sorrows. Room in your heart. Is there room in your heart? Is there room in your heart for God to rise for
pray as we begin this evening, Lord, we just thank you, God, for this this day, this uh, time of year where we get to celebrate you. We thank you, God, for Christmas. We thank you, Lord, that you are not only come to be with us, but today you are living within us. And for, Lord, we do not take that for granted. We're thankful for it. And today, God, we just pray that as we hear the message of uh, Christmas once again, Lord, that it, you will make it real, new, genuine, authentic to us this evening. We pray these things in your name, and together we say, amen, amen. Well, it's good to see each one of you. You can be seated. Also, welcome to those of you who are online watching this evening. Thank you for being with us and bringing us into your home. Uh, hopefully, maybe you can make this a new tradition uh, for your family as well. Well, uh, everyone loves a bonfire. I mean, most of us anyway. I know I enjoy a bonfire. I enjoy just... Uh, it's one of my favorite things about camping. We would get together and not only just camp, but we would, uh, beyond just that, we would uh, sing songs sometimes and, of course, do s'mores. And I just think of the, the warmth and the fellowship that comes as you're kind of gathered around the fire. And uh, it's a beautiful thing. But here's something that I find that's interesting is that when someone wants to be around the fire, fire at the campground and maybe near your tent or your camper, that, that everyone wants to be warmed by the fire, but no one wants to be consumed by the fire, right? Just get me close enough that I'm going to feel the warmth. Just get me close enough that it's going to feel good, but don't get me too close because it's going to be kind of, you know, too much. As a matter of fact, you know, some people I can remember, you know, someone being, you know, turned around here on a cold Colorado night and they were just kind of warming their backside. Next thing you know, smoke was happening and it wasn't coming from the fire. <laughs> and uh, so we, fire is a beautiful thing, but but as we, we sing songs about the light of the world, our Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to know that in this understanding of you know, this, this package, this little package that we would call the, uh, the baby Jesus, that we need to make sure that we don't uh, relegate just the baby Jesus to being just meek and mild. Oh, he is meek and mild. But in that package is something so powerful. And just like this fire, and just like tonight when you guys are holding a candle later this evening, there's going to be a fire in your hands. It's so powerful. There are certain things that we are told, don't play with, you know, don't play with fire. I remember as a kid, my parents always told me, don't play with fire, don't play with matches. This is so important. And I'll never forget because it was on a Christmas Eve service night that we had come together in our church, in a little church in Maryland, and, and uh, it was called Fawn Grove Church of the Nazarene. There I was, and, and we had several guys there who were uh, volunteer firemen they would sometimes have their, their radios on them and it would go off in the midst of service and next thing you know, they would be out and they would be gone. Christmas Eve service, we're there and, and we're singing the songs and it was a much simpler time. We didn't have all the lights. It was pretty much just the preacher, a piano, and us in pews, you know? And, uh, and so we, we got together and singing some Christmas carols and it was a great time together that evening and in the midst of the service... 
an alarm rung, rings off in someone's radio and you saw the, the guys who were in the volunteer fire department leave. One of our volunteer fire department individuals that were, that were there at the church, it happened to be his house that was on fire. And we found out later that night after, at the end of the service that, well, man, this, you know, here's a guy, and I know, because he was our caravan leader, one of our caravan leaders, and he would teach us all the time, you do not play with fire. And yet something was left on, and the next thing you know, it destroyed his home. My parents didn't have to tell me anymore, don't play with fire. Uh, I learned a lesson right there. But do we learn in our lives that lesson truly? I mean, there's things that we do. Sometimes where someone might say, you know, don't, don't date that guy or don't date that girl. You're playing with fire, you know? As there might be someone here, I remember when we were in, in Nebraska and I was pastoring there, that uh, there was one pen that uh, I was told by one of the ranchers, don't go through that pen. And I thought, oh, it's not that far. And I got about halfway through, and that bull decided he was going to just make hamburger meat out of me. <laughs> and I remember feeling the breath of his nostrils on my backside as I'm trying to run over that fence. I was playing with fire. <laughs> oh. Don't just put the Lord, your God, to a test. You're playing with fire. A pastor skipped church one Sunday morning. He had been convicted. He knew he should be preaching. He knew what he was supposed to preach. And he's like, God, I'm not going to preach that. I'm going to go to, a, and he decided, I'm just going to go to another town. He called up the associate pastor, said, I'm not feeling well. He said, why don't you preach for me? And he got in his car, went about an hour away, and went to go play golf. And uh, <laughs> while he's there, he went to a tee off with his first, the first uh, tee. And, and he hits the ball, and it goes sailing through the air. And all of a sudden, this amazing gust of wind comes along and it pushes that ball a hundred more yards than it should ever have gone. And next thing you know, it's blown right into that hole, a 420 yard hole in one. And an angel looks at God and said, why did you do that? And God just smiled and said, who's he gonna tell? <laughs> Don't test God. You're playing with fire. You're just playing with fire. Uh, in the midst of thinking these things, it struck me here on Christmas Eve that we come into this building tonight to play with fire. With our hearts filled with joy and cheer and, and surrounding ourselves with the people that we love the most. Uh, the climax of this magical evening, so to speak, is... It's a moment when we just grab a, a candle and we play with fire. It's not just our Nazarenes here at Woodland Life Center. It's, it's millions and millions of Christians tonight who are gathered around the globe in the evening in darkened houses of worship, in places where they are in clapboard meeting houses or huddled on sofas in living rooms watching online, all to play with fire. Yes, before this evening ends, part of our candlelight service, we're going to put something in your hands, though, that could destroy this whole building. 
you might be thinking, well, what do you think? And I, I'm sure probably Amanda Disman is probably watching tonight, and she fights forest fires. She's probably thinking, what in the world are you doing with this fire in here? <laughs> what are you doing with 100 people plus people having you know, a fire in their hands? Don't you know that all it takes is just a spark to start 100,000 acres on fire? You see, what I don't want us to forget tonight, that though that candle is a small package and just a small flame, though tonight we're celebrating what we will even sing about with our, you know, the baby Jesus who comes in such a small package, we cannot forget the great power that our Lord Jesus possesses. The power to split time in half, the power to come to us and bring us salvation, to change the world, to change history, to change your life. Because you see, our God is a consuming fire. And he doesn't want to just leave you right here tonight with, you know, just a, a, a memory of this small little package of the baby Jesus. He wants to change you from the inside out. Isn't it a beautiful thing to be able to celebrate the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, yes, coming to us in this small package, but here's the thing, the most powerful thing that has ever happened in the world is Jesus. I want you to listen to this story tonight and just imagine with me, maybe, maybe as we're kind of here around the, the fire that we might be with these, you know, these shepherds and they may have just had a small little fire going like this, just kind of hearing the sheep in the distance, and it's dark. They're not expecting anything to happen. Shepherds are loners. They're not well thought of in their society. And then we hear these words from Luke chapter 2, where it says that there were shepherds, and they were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. And then it goes on to say, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause you great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah the Lord. He, he, this will be a sign to you. You will be, find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with this angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, they said, let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. What a beautiful story. You know, the, the thing that comes to me is that to celebrate, truly celebrate Christmas Eve, the first feeling I think that maybe we should understand about this flame, this this fire that happened that night. I mean, it was this amazing light that came upon these shepherds that was 
was enough to, it says in Scripture, terrify them. I mean, some of us kind of come across as, and I hear it read sometimes, maybe some of us has thought, you know, that you know, this wasn't not that big of a deal. But I'm telling you, this just wasn't, you know, a firefly coming through camp. This was huge. This was the, the glory of God. Imagine God, infinite, almighty, his glory coming down on earth. And they were terrified. Later on in Luke, we would read about you know, the Mount of Transfiguration. And it said that when that happened, that Jesus, his, his features actually changed. And not only that, but when it happened, that, that it was like a flash of lightning. That's so bright, so strong, so brilliant. This wasn't just a minor little thing. It left these shepherds terrified. There needs to be a holy fear on Christmas Eve. You don't often hear that, do you? But there needs to be a holy fear and understanding that the God we serve is, yes, came to us in a small package in Jesus the baby, but he changes lives and history and everything that he touches. C.S. Lewis wrote this tale, The Chronicles of Narnia. And in that first book, uh, Mr. Beaver tells little Susan She's about to meet the mighty Aslan, king of Narnia. He represents our Lord in this story. And, but then Mr. Beaver adds that Aslan is a lion, and, and Susan said, Oh, I, I thought he would be a man, not a lion. Is he safe? And, and he, she said, I would feel really nervous. I'm going to feel really nervous about meeting a lion. And safe, said Mr. Beaver, who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. He's the king, I tell you. <laughs> to come into the presence of God should give us a feeling not unlike that. It's been said that the worship of God should give us the same feeling as if we're running with the bulls <laughs> in Spain or, or maybe riding a 40-foot wave in Hawaii. I mean, these things that, that just are wild and crazy. They make us feel more alive than ever, but they could kill us. So yes, tonight, yeah, we've come to play with fire. Because know that baby in the manger, he's not safe. He's powerful. Beyond your imagination, he's the almighty. He's the righteous judge. Don't let the package you he is the king I tell you but there's something more frightening here than even the burning part of the flame and the and the power that comes with that something maybe far deeper a flame doesn't just burn a flame also casts light that reveals years ago in my ministry I remember coming home after Christmas Eve and and we open our gifts on Christmas Eve, and, you know, after the service, and we get together and we do that, and then we have some things planned for Christmas Day as well. But, but I was there, we're getting ready, and we sat down, and my kids were kind of chuckling and kidding around with me and laughing, and, and I was like, you know, what's the deal? And they said, well, Dad, you were holding that candle right up to your face, and it's not Halloween, Dad. 
this is Christmas. You look scary. And, you know, they had the shadows, you know, of coming in. I'm just singing along, and you're thinking that it's just a wonderful, beautiful time. And, you know, they're, they are like, don't do that. So I'm trying. I'll try tonight as well to hold it out because here's the deal. Light reveals, and sometimes it reveals things we don't want it to reveal, right? <laughs> I don't understand why anyone would want to take a selfie with a celebrity. Imagine tonight that Brad Pitt was standing right here next to me. Why would I want to take a selfie with Brad Pitt? Because he is this amazing looking guy, and then he's going to reveal just how not amazing I am, right? You know, why would you ever want to do that? <laughs> and it, it, the light, though, that comes from the fire, it reveals our flaws, our shortcomings. And you think about these shepherds abiding in the fields. It's kind of an odd story. Keeping watch over their flocks by night, and all of a sudden, boom, down comes this revealing, amazing, strong light from heaven. The glory of God was shining around them, and they're terrified, and here's the reason why. You, you might ask, well, what's causing them to be afraid? You know, I, this is what's causing them to be afraid. That's, that it was revealing something in them they needed and sometimes I think it's to myself but isn't it a tad interesting that to think that they were more comfortable in the darkness than when God revealed his grand light it was the light of the glory of God and what happens when God comes close is this What's instantly obvious is this, is that I am not God. I knew, I thought I was in control. I thought I had a measure of, of the say-so here, but, but in the end, I'm not in control. That's why I, I, just, I just see that his holy, majestic, omnipotent, omniscient, righteous, perfect God shining down on these shepherds, and then they have to be thinking, man, I never felt so small and so insignificant. What am I doing in this picture? It's like that selfie. Why am I in this picture with Brad Pitt? I look awful compared to him. <laughs> the shepherds see themselves in the light of the glory of God, and that stark reality Scripture says, terrifies them. There were once two humans that that wasn't the case for. There was Adam and Eve, and, 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 and Adam and Eve every day would meet with the, the Lord God in, in the garden. And, and they were in this garden that was called Eden. And the glory of the Lord would come daily. And, and the glory of the Lord would shine around about them. And, and they were not afraid. As a matter of fact, they were filled with joy. They, they would romp around unafraid. They would talk and they would walk through the, the, the garden together. And he would tell them that they were his own. But then one day, God came into the garden. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And, and Adam and Eve were sore afraid. What happened? The author, Tim Keller, puts it very well. He says, Adam and Eve had decided to become modern people. 
a consultant, came to them and said, you really need to be your own boss. Only you know what is right. Only you know what you need to do. You can't let anybody else tell you which trees to eat or not eat in the garden. You can't do that. You decide what's moral or immoral. It's your life. Be your own boss. Be your own God. And so they did, and so have every other human ever since. And there, Adam and Eve found themselves, much like the shepherds, terrified, and the glory of God shone round about them. Tonight is your opportunity to come to terms with that. It's as if maybe you were able to be so smart that you were able to fake your way through and bluff your way through interviews with the FAA. And suddenly you got a job at Denver International Airport. You're up in the tower, and there's dots on the screen in front of you, and you're saying, uh, turn left, turn right, uh, be afraid. <laughs> be afraid. I don't know what I'm doing, and tonight is our opportunity to resign and to give that job back to the only one capable of fulfilling it. For what comes to you is the very same good news that lit up the sky 2,000 years ago, the song of the angels, unto you a Savior is born, and his name is Jesus Christ, our Lord. It was this tender moment. The angels were speaking to these poor, very marginalized shepherds, and they were quaking in ter terror, and he, they said to them, well, do not be afraid. And then I noticed this week as I was putting this together that four times they used the word you, it says the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This personal God, this God who loves us, this God who came from heaven to be with us, Emmanuel, has descended from the heaven to these, the lowliest of shepherds, and now chooses to meet them in a blinding light, in unbearable glory, and even in the problem pregnancy of a teenage girl. But on this night, the God who could have burnt them to a crisp chose to expose them to his glory. And the beautiful, dimpled flesh of a human infant. In the words of Paul, it says, we see the glory of God in the face, face of Jesus Christ. And the shepherds were invited. So fire, it, it burns, it reveals, and, and it also draws us in. And, and tonight, I want you to imagine that together we're gazing into the Holy of Holies upon that eternal flame. Yeah, we're, we're playing with fire, so to speak, but here's the thing is that the flames of our candles, in that, he's also asking us to draw near. You draw near to me. Come in. I want to be your savior. I want to know you intimately. I am the only one who can truly complete you. No words capture Christmas better than, I think, than better than Hebrews 4.16, where it says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. 
And then in verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and a full assurance of faith. We tonight should be pinching ourselves. It's a holy night. It's an amazing evening. We are in a place of privilege, the holy of holies. It's not just a privilege. If you, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior tonight, though, I want you to know that he is seeking after you. That this message is for you as well. This week, the world witnessed something that hasn't seen in over 800 years. Jupiter and Saturn converged, and, and it was an amazing thing to witness. People were interviewed, and, and, and they were said, you, you really had to be looking for it, you know, know exactly where to look for it in the sky. But once you realize it, it was easy to see. It was, it was an amazing sight. Some said that it gave them hope in the midst of an awful year. Some said it was a Christmas miracle. And some said it reminded them of how small and how insignificant they are in the scope of history and, and our great world and this universe. And that's probably how those, a little bit of how those shepherds felt so many years ago. They were insignificant loners, but God revealed himself to them, giving a miraculous message of hope and joy. And all I want you to know, one of the main things I want you to know tonight is that there is a God that is looking for you. And he loves you. The God who dwells in inapproachable light, the God is so powerful that he can consume us uh, and leave nothing He's the one that actually reveals and draws you in and gives you light and saves and he takes your place and he wants to take your place tonight and give you a new identity. I'll close with this. There's a, there's a pastor's conference that I was a part of and one of the speakers was telling us the story of it. It's a true story about his family and, and he said my mother was visiting from Maine and and he said, in a long conversation one evening, she began to share our family history. She said, there's something I really think you need to know, son. And so she unfolded the details of how her mother came to the United States early in the previous century. She was a teenager living on a farm in Serbia. And he said that his mom told her that her, her father, which would have been her his great-grandfather was an abusive man. He used to beat her. And one day she was told, you need to take some cattle into town, get the money, bring it back to me. And so she did. She took them to town. She, she sold them, and she got a little bit of money. And, and as she was heading back, she saw the ships that were coming in. And she thought, I just got to get out of here. It was such an awful situation. So she took the money. She boarded a ship. And went to America. When she arrived at Ellis Island, the passengers were placed in two parallel lines, and and the people, the men there, who would uh, were immigration officials. They came by and they were checking documents, and they were making sure that they were legal to come into the United States. And of course. He said, my grandmother had none. She had no documentation. She's just a young girl. She hopped on this boat just hoping and praying that she can make it in. But the official 
grabbed her by the arm after she said, I have no documentation. And he had this big, thick piece of chalk, and he put a very large X on her arm. And of course that meant she needed to be deported immediately once she got to the authorities at the end of the line. The message of that X was, you shouldn't be here she had no documents, no passport, no family, no friends, no status. And, and there, was a, there was a guy, though, in the line that was parallel to hers. And the speaker got a little bit choked up, and he said, my grandmother's name, her name was Barbara Slavovic. And he said across from her in that other line was a stranger named Theodore Daisy. Theodore reached out his hand, and he brushed off that X on her arm. And then he went from his line to her line, and he stood next to her. And when they got to the head of the line, Theodore said to the official at the desk, she's with me. And within a few weeks, Theodore and Barbara were married. <laughs> and today, their grandson is a pastor in Florida. <laughs> you and I were born with an X. On this night so long ago, God came down with a powerful force in this small package of his son. And he said, you're with me. His great light, this ball of fire in the sky, came down upon these shepherds and said, you're with me. Draw near Tonight on Christmas Eve, we're reminded only God can complete us. God wants you to lose your identity in him, but you can't just stand close to the flame. You have to be consumed by the flame. I mean, here's the thing, and there's this song that Isaac Watts wrote, When I Survey the Wonders Cross. It says, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. But sometimes we love to just get close to the fire, but we don't want to be consumed by it. We're not going to go bow down to this newborn king. There's things we're holding on to, logs that we need to throw in the fire. Some of us this year have been just consumed maybe by, by fear. Maybe that log just needs to be thrown in the fire. Some of us maybe have had situations this year or maybe in our life that have just surrounded us of, of bitterness. Where we just realize, you know what, I, I've been holding on to something for years and I need to let it go. Just throw it in the fire. Let God consume it. I mean, some of us wonder, you know, I don't even know who I am. I'm not sure what God wants me to do. Sometimes we're dealing with issues with identity. Just throw it in the fire. Let, let God give you your identity. Now, there's all kinds of things that we can find ourselves saying, well, I just want to get close to the fire. It feels good. It's a warm night tonight. But God's saying, only I, only I can complete you. In Jesus, God makes us his own. The shepherds lost themselves in this journey to find Jesus. And tonight, I believe that God is also asking you the same thing. Will you lose yourself in me? Would you just lay it all down and just, 
instead of letting that light that's revealing all of those things that just need to be thrown in the fire terrify you, just throw it in. Let it go. Give it to me. What a great message of Christmas. That God came to earth to complete someone as insignificant as me and you. I'm going to ask our, our team to come up. And we're going to close with a couple songs this evening. And as we do, I want you to be reminded that this light that was lit tonight called the Christ candle, it is it's a, a delicate flame. There's not much to it when you look to it right here. But here's the deal is that there is power in this flame beyond what we may even imagine. And so today, I want to pass this flame that represents Christ to you. And I want you to just allow that understanding of how powerful God is to just sweep over you today. Would you lose yourself in him? Would you allow him to complete you in every way?
be reminded, God, that you are in charge and we are not. It's our privilege to come and bow before you today in this silent night.
thank you for this silent, holy, beautiful, powerful night. Lord, may it make a complete change in who we are. May every part of our lives bow down to you as King of kings and Lord of lords. And I pray, God, that this evening, as we and our families and our friends and throughout the day tomorrow, as we gather together around tables and, and enjoy food and the fellowship and the presence, Lord, I pray that most of all that we would not forget that the greatest presence in the world is your presence in our life. So God, I pray today that we will keep you central. And though we blow out these candles before we leave tonight, may that light that you have given us that is so powerful and so strong, and it seems so, so small at times in our life, may it be revealed as powerful and amazing through you as we reach out to others in your love and light. We pray these things, and we pray right now around our world, across our nation, that truly, God, you will be revealed. God, may the revival start with us and the light that you place in our hearts. We pray these things, God, and we're expectantly waiting once again to see you again come in full glory. But Lord, until that final day, God, we just ask you, Lord, burn in me. Burn me up so that all that can be seen is you. Take the package and the logs that I've been holding on to and consume them and do something beautiful in and through us. And we pray this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a beautiful Christmas night. May God bless you. May he keep you. May his light shine upon you everlasting. God bless you and Merry Christmas to you and your family. It's been good to be here celebrating with you, our family tonight. You are dismissed.